Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Make sure you use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word will get you 25% off. Go get them right now. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, guys, we're going to be talking about former Buccaneers wide receiver Antonio Brown, also a one-time Patriot with uh, Tom Brady. Now, Antonio Brown's antics over the past year has been really, really crazy. You guys actually saw what he did in the Jets game, the second-to-last game at the end of regular season last season, where he ran off the field, and Antonio Brown has just been going downhill ever since then. Now, his only saving grace for his NFL career was Tom Brady. No other team wanted him. We saw what happened with the uh, with the Steelers, that whole fallout. Tom Brady wanted him to come to New England. He was there for a little bit, and then he was let go. Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady wants Antonio Brown. Tom Brady opened up his home to him in New England as well as Tampa Bay. Now, guys, the first four games for the Buccaneers this season, uh, they got some problems. They have serious problems on the offensive end. Going into last night's game, folks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers scored three offensive touchdowns in three games. A major problem. Now, Tom Brady's numbers don't look the best. Now, the offense, um, I guess you could say, kind of got going last night, even though really they were playing from behind the whole game. I mean, turnovers, it was it was a mess. It was a mess. Well, after the game, Antonio Brown decided to actually make a very, very disrespectful uh, post on social media about Tom Brady's wife. Yeah, this is very, very disrespectful, folks. Over here on Bro Bible, Antonio Brown shares insanely wild posts about Tom Brady's wife, Giselle Bunchen. Now, guys, we know the marital problems of uh, Tom Brady and Giselle. I don't believe she was actually at the game last night. She has not shown up to one single game to support Tom Brady. Their issues are very, very public. And, folks, I believe what Antonio Brown did was just so disrespectful. He completely crossed the line here, folks. It says here, Antonio Brown has been all over the place in recent years. His latest stunt has him under fire as he exposed himself in a public swimming pool. Rose did a video on that. Now it seems Brown is trying to stir the pot with Tom Brady after sharing this insanely wild post about Giselle Bunchen. And it says here, Antonio Brown indicates some sort of relationship with Giselle. Now this is what he posted here on social media. Now, this is from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl season for, season before last. And Antonio Brown superimposed himself in here in this picture instead of Tom Brady, because this was actually Tom Brady in this picture. This is just wrong, man. This is wrong right here. He knows that Tom Brady's relationship is out there in the public and it's going down. It's spiraling out of control. But he writes this. He says. 
Put that shit on. And this was actually after the Bucks loss to the uh, the Chiefs at home. I mean, is he very, very sour that um, he was actually cut from the Bucks? Now, this isn't the first time he's went after Tom Brady. He, he threw Tom Brady under the bus uh, last year as well. Then he started flip-flopping. Something is wrong with Antonio Brown. This man's NFL career is definitely clearly over, man. It really, really is. I don't believe that anybody is going to take a chance on him. It says here, it's tough to say exactly what Antonio Brown means here. He could be indicating that he had relations with Tom Brady's wife. Or he could be stating he wants to. Of course, this could simply be a convenient distraction from his most recent incident. Either way, this is a crazy Instagram post about Giselle Bunchen, especially considering Brady and his family gave Brown a place to stay when he first signed with the Bucks, also with the Patriots as well. Based on Brown's past behavior, it's safe to assume the worst. He hasn't quite been a model citizen. Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen have yet to acknowledge the Instagram post. Brady is um, busy preparing for a game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I thought this uh, post was actually posted after the game. Maybe it was actually before the game. So maybe I actually um, got that wrong. But this is just crazy, guys. Antonio Brown, man, is a scumbag. He is a terrible, terrible human being. I mean, you just don't do this. You don't do this. Tom Brady was supposed to be your friend. And then you go out there and you disrespect him and his wife like this. I don't know exactly what he means by this. Do I believe that he tried to make a move on Giselle? I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure Giselle would have actually told uh, Tom Brady if something like that happened. I believe he's just trying to troll Tom Brady and the Buccaneers because he sees their struggles. And this team is definitely, definitely struggling, folks. I have no respect for Antonio Brown. The man is immensely talented. There's a possibility, you know, maybe somebody will call him. I wouldn't waste my time on this man. I would not waste my time on Antonio Brown. He's not committed. He's a fool. He's a clown. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. I'm back. Rodrance for our Black and White Network. Well, another episode of Socialist Shootings in Chicago. Radical Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And she's got the... Look, this is... This is one of the worst ones of all these I've done. Uh, you know, we tend to do these weekly. Something to do with Lightfoot and another fall in her face moment. And um, it's bad this time, okay? And she's come out now and said, Oh my goodness... It's an election year. Let me try to fund the police after defunding the police and taking an already crime-rented Chicago and on a scale of 1 to 10, turning the volume up on 23. Okay? And 
you know, I'm going to show you these. We always do these from the weekend, you know, where we get the, the latest the latest count. But this is the worst. This is one of the worst we've ever had. Um, Chicago shootings, ABC7 in Chicago. 34 shot, five fatally. Children, including a three-year-old boy and a seven-year-old boy among victims. Jesus, I mean, come on. Again, I will say this. Get your ass out of the cha-cha dancing line. Get your ass out of the Pride Parade festival out there getting your virtue signaling and your and your LGBTQ on, dance on, and get your ass in a police war room going into Friday. Because you know this is what it's going to be. You know, do something. Do something. I've had people ask me, well, are you from Illinois? No, but I know people up there. I do. And they've gotten to the point, they live literally just out of Chicago. They will not go into Chicago. It's too damn dangerous. Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy as hell. Weekend gun violence left, 34 shot, five fatally over the weekend. Several children among the victims, including three-year-old boy killed on Friday. And a seven-year-old boy shot on his way to church. Wow, okay. Uh, Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown will speak about the violence at a news conference on mo- on uh, at noon. Police said the family of the seven-year-old boy was driving to church when they noticed a man breaking into uh, one of their cars that was parked. They confronted the suspect, who police said pulled a rifle, fired shots in the family's direction, striking the boy in the leg. That suspect was caught by police, and the child is expected to recover. Quote, we've seen children shot across this city in ridiculous numbers. Chicago Police Deputy Chief Larry Snelling, when did we become a society where we stopped caring about the children? Uh, shooting came days after three-year-old Mateo Zastro was killed. Wow. On Friday, police said the shooting was sparked by road rage as the child sat in the backseat of his mother's car near Cicero Avenue and West 71st Street in West Lawn neighborhood. At least six minors have been shot in the last week. Jesus, come on. And here we've got this. I mean, look, at what point do you can the Democrats? You know? I mean, how much do you have to watch? Are you still stuck in the media narrative of, oh my God, Donald Trump, oh my God, Ron DeSantis, oh my God, they're racist. All the while, that lie, that kind of democratic lie, leads to kids dying in your city. I mean, come on. I'm in Texas. I'm going to keep it real. The sheriffs that come in, dick swinging and ending this shit. I'm just letting you know. They wouldn't put up with this crap. They wouldn't. Once we got out of the urban areas... And that's the problem. It's the same thing in all these urban areas, even here in Texas, staring at you, Houston, is Democratic leadership is is in those counties. Lightfoot's election year budget aims to boost spending on police and progressive measures without raising property taxes. And throw in the progressive measures. Just say socialist. Just get it over with. Just get it over with. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's 2023 budget includes an increase in funding for Chicago Police Department, boosted spending for abortion services, and no property tax hike. All moves aimed at avoiding negative attention (laughs) uh, 
you couldn't look, Lori Lightfoot. Your ass could become Casper. All right, Casper the friendly ghost, and there'd be a spotlight on you. You're not avoiding negative attention. Look, when 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 you have a three year old and a seven year old shot. The negative attention is unavoidable, and you deserve every last morsel of it that you consume. The mayor cast her $16.4 billion spending plan, the fourth and final one, as she will present to city council before February's elections. As a, quote, stability budget aimed at reducing debt and shoring up historically underfunded pensions. It also boosts already high spending on police at a time when Chicago residents are concerned about violent crime. Over the last three and a half years, our city, our government, our people have faced unprecedented challenges. Our entire way of life has changed, and we are still finding a a way around to our new normal. Lightfoot said, as we continue to put the pandemic in review, did you really just bring up the pandemic? (laughs) All right. Our city is strong and resilient as ever before, and our future is very bright wow okay so um that just that just tells you right there i mean that's that's head up your ass type shit when you're literally still bringing up the pandemic with what's going on up there in that area i mean it's appalling i mean look my blood pressure is up right now it it really is i'm gonna be real because uh nobody needs to to, to be subject to just walking down the street and, and this possibly happen. And again, it goes it goes for other cities too. It's not just Chicago. It's not just Chicago where this is a problem. Um, Wow, man. You know, we do these regularly and um, I shake my head at a lot of them, but, but this one certainly comes with a head shake and, you know, just a drop of the head. Um, no, no children deserve this and you can't protect your city come on you know i one of the things uh, i did a video on a while back was the fact that um police were literally saying look we we quit going after these a lot of these criminals it used to be police would drive down the street in chicago they'd see somebody with a gun they'd get out and chase that suspect because they saw a gun they won't do that now and you may be like, wait, what? On the street, they got a gun. They won't chase them down. No, because they won't prosecute them. And so the cops were putting themselves, their lives on the line for no reason. Because they could bust that subject, run them in, psh, right back out the door. That's a problem. Uh, it's, it's serious. I'm sorry, but at what point did we become pro-criminal over victim? I don't know. I mean, the Republicans better win the, the midterms or it tells you exactly how fractured we are from people's mental health standpoint that they could still possibly walk into a voting, voting booth and go, Democrat. Okay. Tell me what you think, Black and White Network supporters. Peace. I'm out. Till next time.
Huntington Roadshow fans, we are back with another video. We're going to be talking about House of the Dragon, Season 1, Episode 7. Um, I just watched it uh, a few hours ago. I'm really, really enjoying this show. I am. Uh, now, it actually does come on on uh, Sunday nights. Uh, however, NFL is on uh, Sunday nights, so I actually watched the episodes the following day. Uh, today, I watched it roughly at around 11 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. Now, I watched the show in my living room. I have a 75-inch TV in the living room, and I want the best possible sound, the best possible picture. So that is why I actually go in there to watch it. However, I have noticed something watching this show. And apparently, guys, I'm not the only one actually complaining about this. Folks, the scenes are pretty dark. It's pretty dark on some scenes. And these will go for long stretches like uh, five minutes or so. And it's very, very discomforting. I just found out today, folks, that I'm not the only one that actually feels this way. Check this out. On Variety, House of the Dragon viewers outrage over scenes too dark to see. HBO defends them as intentional creative decision. So this is actually done on purpose. Now, when I do watch the show, I intentionally turn off my lights. I do. However, I still watch it in daytime and there is a window to the left of my couch. And even if I try to glare that out, the scenes are very, very dark. Now, all of the other scenes, when they're in the castles or whatever, daytime is fine. When they do these night scenes, it is pitch black. Now, I get that they actually, you know, want to try to make everything as authentic as possible, you know, with, I guess, very little artificial lighting. But come on. It was very, very disconcerting uh, today. I mean, there was a scene with a dragon flying. You couldn't see anything. Um, there was a scene with, um, as you can see here, Rhaenyra and uh, Damon walking on the beach and some other stuff too. pitch black, pitch black. Uh, but let's read this. Game of Thrones fans might have experienced deja vu while watching the seventh episode of HBO's prequel series, House of the Dragon, which resulted in out- outrage from many fans over several scenes being too dark to see. Thrones ignited similar backlash during its final season, especially for the dimly lit uh, battle episode, The Long Night. Yeah, I remember that. The Long Night, it was just pitch black. But however, the final season of um, Game of Thrones was such trash, it wasn't even worth watching anyway. This show is actually pretty good. Uh, Both that episode and episode seven of House of the Dragon were directed by Emmy winner uh, Miguel Spachunik. As many fans took to Twitter to express their frustration over House of the Dragon being too dark to see, one of HBO's social media accounts uh, went public defending the dark moments in the episode as, quote, an intentional creative decision. This is on purpose. Uh, Quote, we appreciate you reaching out about a night scene in House of the Dragon Episode 7 appearing dark on your screen. Uh, The HBO Matt's um, help account replied to one fan who wrote the network needs to quote to issue a written apology for literally a whole episode of black screen. Yeah, that was, I would say during that stretch of, um, Rhaenyra and Damon on the beach, 
And um, the second youngest of the um, children between um, King Viserys and um, Alicent, it had to be a good just about 10 straight minutes of the screen just being dark. I mean, you you just couldn't make out hardly anything. Uh, quote, the dim lighting of the scene was an intentional creative decision, the HBO account said. Many fans claimed the episode was unwatchable because the screen was simply too dark. The Ringer writer and podcaster Joanna Robinson tried to warn fans ahead of the episode's airing to update their TV settings to make the screen a bit brighter. Adding, watch it with all the drapes closed. That's pretty hard for me. You know, watching this during the daytime. I mean, I guess I can actually go into my bedroom, but I do have a window in there still. It's going to be really tough, man, for me to actually um try, try to watch this. I mean, I guess I can go in my closet and watch it on a laptop. I don't want to do that. I don't. Uh, Spatchernick is no stranger to this kind of uh, backlash, given the outrage he faced over the dark scenes in The Lone Night. He spoke to IndieWire at the time and defended the creative choice, saying the darkly lit cinematography was what the show's atmosphere needed. Uh, quote, it made sense that this was the last hope humanity has, the last beacon of light, light, and from the perspective of where we need the story to go, which was to reach a surreal, chaotic climate, climax, I should say, we needed an environment that was friendly to that, Spatchnet said. So all the reasons we are doing it uh, were there and nobody sat there and wondered if it was going to be too dark. Now, I'm pretty sure that they actually watch these uh, clips, the scenes, you know, while they're doing the editing. They had to know that they were going to get backlash on this. I mean, look, look at it this way, guys. Look at James Cameron's uh, movie Titanic. When the Titanic was actually sinking the viewer could actually still see what was going on while I was sinking. Now, in reality, when you're out at sea, because I was in the Navy, when you're out at sea, it is pitch black. And when the lights actually went out on the Titanic, you could probably see a silhouette. That was it. I mean, it is pitch black out at sea. But James Cameron didn't go out there and say, hey, you know what? I want to make this as authentic as possible. I don't want the fans to see anything on screen. He didn't do that. They, I believe HBO really messed up on this one because it was a really, really good episode. But man, it was just so hard to really see. And that's very, very frustrating. Also, I believe it was a few episodes ago, like three episodes ago, when they're in the pleasure house, also walking in the streets. It was pitch black as well. I mean, this is very, very annoying right here. And um, HBO is saying, hey, it's intentional. Nothing we're going to do about it. They need to stop this. They really, really do. This show is pretty good, man. I really do like the show, but the, the scenes being too dark, it is very, very annoying. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Matrix and Roadshow fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel, and we'll catch you next time.
right, guys, we're going to be talking about Kamala Harris here in this video. As you guys know, Kamala Harris politicized Hurricane Ian. That storm hit, I believe, is like a, like a Cat 4, and there's a bunch of damage down there. But uh, Kamala Harris actually came out and said that relief would actually be based on equity, racially based equity. So Kamala Harris, who is a socialist, by the way, wants it done that way. Now, I said it before, guys, if a white person came out and said that, hey, we're going to give uh, relief based on race and white people come first, that person would be branded a racist and rightly so. But however, your dishonest media, they're not calling her out on this. The mainstream media is silent. They're not calling Kamala Harris a racist. Now, Kamala Harris was actually confronted about this. I, I, I guess she was at um, some type of an event. And um, Kamala Harris, because of the backlash, I guess, said, um, well, I'm just not going to say anything. Here we go, guys. Daily Wire. Harris confronted over controversial racial remarks about distributing natural disaster aid. It says here, Kamala Harris was confronted over the weekend in response to controversial racial remarks that she made late last week about distributing relief aid in responses to natural disasters. Speaking Friday afternoon in Washington, D.C. to leftist Priyanka Chopra. At the Democratic National Committee's Women's Leadership Forum, Harris claimed, quote, it is our lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and impacted by issues that are not of their own making. That is pretty racist, folks. Harris's remarks come after Florida was battered uh, late last week by Hurricane Ian one of the most powerful Category 4 hurricanes to ever hit the U.S. Now, quote, and so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity and understanding that we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding that not everyone starts out at the same place. Harris continued, and if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities and do that work. Yeah, that's that sounds like communism right there. But anyway, the Republican National Committee's research channel tweeted out a video of Harris being confronted Saturday evening about those remarks when she attended the Phoenix Awards dinner in Washington, Washington uh, Convention Center in Washington, D.C. A man asked Harris, uh, can you clarify what you meant about equity for hurricane relief. And guess what? She gave the man the cold shoulder. She looked at him and then she just continues to walk away. So she's busted. She's busted right here. Now here is the video clip guys. I'm not going to play with the music because, um, there is, um, music playing John Philip Sousa, great composer, by the way, the, the March King, uh, I don't know if they're going to copyright or not, but Kamala Harris doesn't say anything anyway. So right about here, she's actually asked to clarify what she meant. And I'm going to play it. And she looks at him right there. He asked a question. No, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to answer. She just walks away, walks away. 
Why do you people vote for Democrats? Why do you people vote for these racists like this? Why? Kamala Harris was wrong. What's wrong? And if I'm not mistaken, guys, I believe that. um, Was it the director of FEMA came out and said, um, no, we're going to um, help everybody. Completely contradicting uh, Kamala Harris. Now, Kamala Harris is a terrible politician. Now, I want to be fair, though, guys. When it came to um, her running in 2020. She dropped out pretty fast because nobody supported her. She was extremely weak, not likable at all. And this just um, kind of reiterates that this woman is terrible. She's definitely unlikable. She slept her way to the top, Willie Brown. Boy, th- this woman is horrible. Horrific. She's a race-based hire. We all know that Joe Biden just hired her because uh, she's not white. She's Indian. She's about a third white and a third black. And that's it. That is the reason why she actually um got put into office without Joe Biden. That's why Joe Biden gave it a job. No other qualifications whatsoever. So actually, she's like a, a fourth black and a fourth white, 50 percent Indian. I want to fix that, by the way. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white network fans. What a terrible look for the number two. In this country. Midterms are coming up, man. This is a bad look for uh, Democrats. It really, really is. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. I'm back. Rudrance for our Black and White Network. Well, let's talk about Amy Schumer. You know, the radically leftist comedian, although I wouldn't call her particularly funny. Uh, but we're going to talk about her because she runs an ad for her Paramount Plus. It looks like series. But it's I think it's a bit of, it feels like false advertisement because the ad starts, it, it seems like she's promoting Colorado as a tourist state, right? And that it's one of those, you know, celebrities get up there, hey, come to our state. We've got great fishing. We've got great nightlife. We've got great Ferris wheels. Ferris wheels. You know what I mean. Um, and then all of a sudden, it turns into an abortion ad. And I'm like, wait, what is happening here exactly? Um, absolutely nuts. And uh, the fact that Paramount Plus would use their allow Amy Schumer to use this platform and put their logos all over it. That's even more disgusting. By the way, she's the cousin of a Chuck Schumer. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't, I didn't actually, I guess know that, um, alleged comedian, alleged, that's funny. Post-millennial alleged comedian, Amy Schumer shills for radical left groups in skit promoting Colorado as an abortion utopia. I swear I thought it was a tourist ad. We'll take a look at it. Don't worry. Amy Schumer released an ostensibly uh, comedic skit on Wednesday telling viewers to go to Colorado to get an abortion. She included graphics of states with pro-life legislation and their proximity to the centennial state, as well as links to pro-abortion groups like 
Bridget Alliance and rap. Rap, as in when it comes to that baby's life, it's a rap. That's disgusting. After announcing that visitors can come to Colorado, quote, for fresh air. Hey, while, while you're here, why don't you end the life of a baby? God, this is gross. The comedian and cousin to Democratic Senator Chuck Schumer said one may have, quote, all access to all services you may need. While clips are overlaid showing an abortion clinic and a medical chair with stirrups poised in position. By the way, it kind of looked like a, a shopping mall or something. Let's look at For this. the fresh air, the perfect mountain's majesty, a magical night under a magical sky. Whatever kind of experience you're looking for, you can find it here in Colorado. But we're more than just beautiful wilderness. We also have bustling town centers and access to all the services you may need. Mm. All as legal as a fresh mug of hot cocoa is refreshing. Wow, that's disgusting. Visiting here was on our bucket list of things to do before we die, which honestly I might have. If I hadn't been able to visit Colorado. Not that you need some big dramatic reason to come to Colorado. No one should have to justify a trip to Colorado. Maybe you just want to do with your own body what you want to do with your own body. (laughs) If that's come to Colorado, that's all right by us. Okay. And that's all I can stand. That's all I can stand. Can you imagine? What about an abortion is funny? What about that is humorous? And I think that's why there's been so much pushback on this. I mean, look, whether you agree with it under certain circumstances or not, it's one thing. Um, You know, Bill Maher, who's also a comedian, has been nailing the left by pointing out things like the fact that, you know, abortion should be a tough decision and it should be hard and it shouldn't be made just willy-nilly and just because, quote-unquote, you got the right to your body kind of thing. No, I mean, uh, extreme circumstances, you know, uh, we can list all the extreme circumstances in which one might be a valid uh, situation, including the health of of the potential mother and whether or not it's at risk. But uh, you get the point here. I mean, that's disgusting. I thought it was a tourist ad. I really did. And then I kept going, was like, wait, what is happening here? At one point in the video... Schumer says Colorado is more centrally located than you think, especially if you're coming from, say, Utah, Arizona, Wyoming, Nebraska, or Oklahoma. Actually, if you're coming from Missouri or Nebraska or even Iowa, don't forget Illinois is another great option. I mean, it's unbelievable. She also includes leaks to pro-abortion groups like Bridget and Rap in the video, essentially giving a brief of a how-to on getting dubious transportation to Colorado for an abortion on Twitter rap used the ad to raise money. Thank you, Amy raps. Priority is funding patients. Please have your clinic. Call us on, on your behalf. If you need abortion funding or if you want to donate to us quote, visiting here was on our bucket list of things to do before we die, which honestly I might have if I hadn't come to Colorado. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All this keep in mind. Now keep in mind, Abortion is actually not outlawed or illegal. It's just illegal in certain states. Okay? Or certain states have even just different laws that you have to follow in order to be able to get one now. Um, But, you know, 
the one of the problems with the left right now is they're pushing a radical they want on demand no matter what right up to right up to birth all these really disgusting avenues and i'm sorry but this is nothing more than a, a lazy way to get birth control I, I mean let's be real um yeah i kept it real i said that my employer actually paid for my trip to colorado they covered the time the travel and the time off I mean, I, I did have to get HR involved in my personal life, which obviously is not ideal, and de- didn't cover childcare while I was out of town. But I'm still grateful. Another woman said in the skit, referencing how companies like Disney and Amazon are funding travel for women to get abortions out of state. Wow. Unbelievable. And, of course, Amy Schumer is a really disgusting um, radical leftist. She has campaigned for Raphael Warnock. We know that socialist in in Georgia, um, Amy Schumer is right in that in that group of celebrity, Alyssa Milano, Trevor Noah, Whoopi Goldberg, Joy Behar. We know these insane lefties. You know she's she hates Donald Trump with a passion not seen by mankind prior. Um, but I thought it was disgusting the way this this ad is laid out because look. They're they're laying the ad out as a tourist destination for Colorado. But while you're here, just ax that baby. And she's laughing. That's what kills me. Is where is their humor in the possibility of an abortion? It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And it's part of the issue and why so many people are against uh abortion being allowed it's because of attitudes just like this the willy-nilly of uh, of it all okay the the just the um you know the discounting of the situation and the seriousness of it you know it's crazy it's it's so insulting it's gross i mean that's my opinion i want you guys to see this ad because i was like really paramount really amy schumer amy schumer i can understand paramount plus what are you doing you know, what are you doing in this? Why are you why are you allowing this ad on your platform? I mean, it's basically a tutorial on where to go and how to in the life of a baby. It's effed up is what it is. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. tuning into black and white sports on youtube the no holds barred truth on sports the main event starts now i'm back rudrance for our black and white sports wow here we go we're just talking about simply a husband of a senate candidate that happens to be republican that has gotten a cease and desist letter uh because her husband wore a seahawks jersey in an ad. By the way, the Seahawks once honored the very husband we're talking about here. Uh, this is repulsive, but should it surprise us that that uh, the Seattle Seahawks, particularly in that radically left area, would disrespect a uh, member of the military service like this? No, it doesn't surprise me in this day and time. Actually, it does not. Uh, let's get to this. Oh, post-millennial. Seahawks threatened GOP Senate candidate with a lawsuit. After her husband wears jersey in ad, they once honored 
his service. This is crazy. There's the husband. There's the wife. And, of course, there's the Seahawks uh, socialist logo. Uh, instead of focusing on their troubles on the field, the Seahawks, one and two, I actually think they're two and two now, have decided to turn their resources on Washington Republican Senate candidate Tiffany Smiley and her husband Scott, a U.S. Army veteran who was blinded blinded in a terrorist attack in Iraq, whom the NFL franchise had previously honored in a game. Wow. Wow. A wounded veteran that has lost his sight. And this is what the Seattle Seahawks have decided to do is play politics. The Seattle Seahawks sent a cease and desist letter regarding Smiley's, quote, game day commercial demanding the campaign, quote, immediately cease its unauthorized use, commercial use of their copyrighted material. Wow. And of course, there he is right there. He's got the Seahawks jersey on. In the game day spot, let me see. Let's, let's play this. Game day sure has changed. Joe Biden and Patty Murray are working overtime to make everything more expensive. And working families are filling the squeeze. Hot dogs up 26%. Eggs, almost 40%. Even beer. Are you kidding me? That's great, actually. It's fantastic. So Washington families can get- Are you kidding me? That's That's actually a really good ad, to be honest with you. Okay, so that was the campaign ad. And, of course, she's Republican. She's dogging out Joe Biden. So, of course, this becomes an issue for the Seattle Seahawks. Because I'm going to show you that they are they have supported, at least in the fact that they haven't said anything, somebody that happens to be a Democrat. It's funny how that works out. Smiley is in the kitchen preparing to watch a football game and slams her Democratic opponent... 30-year incumbent Patty Murray and her party for spiking the cost of food. Five days earlier, the Smiley campaign received an email from the Seahawks claiming a trademark violation. The ad briefly showed Smiley's husband, Scotty, a retired U.S. Army Ranger, so a hero, in other words, who was blinded by shrapnel in Iraq, saying, quote, that even beer prices are increasing. According to the Wall Street Journal, in the commercial, you only see his shoulders above a tall couch. And if you get a magnifying glass, you might make out a letter or two from the word Seahawks. Hey, Seahawks, you guys honored Scott Smiley in 2014. Now you're mad about him wearing a Seahawks jersey in a campaign because his wife is running as a Republican. That's all it is to it. That is all there is to it. There he is right here. Let's look at this. Where the Seahawks have actually... There they are. There's the Seahawks logo. That's him. That's him. They previously honored this guy, and now they got a problem because they find out he's what? Republican? Wow. Scott Smiley was even honored by the NFL franchise in 2014 by hosting the 12th man flag at a Seahawks game against the New York Giants. Smiley's campaign told journalist Brandy Cruz that Scott was given the jersey seen in the ad as a gift from the team when he raised the flag. Okay, so there he is wearing the jersey underneath his army fatigues. The campaign made a small adjustment to the game they ad by removing certain items 
and colors on the jersey. So they took the green off, basically, and any potential logo you might see. Tiffany Smiley is a former triage nurse who fought for her husband to remain on active service in the military after he was blinded from combat. My God. Oh, here we go. She also championed additional VA reforms that were signed into law by President Donald Trump. My God. Scott Smiley ended up becoming the U.S. Army's first blind active duty officer. The journal noted that the Seahawks letter about Scott's jersey, quote, nothing like supporting local sports franchises by dumping a cease and desist orders on wounded veterans. Christine Hemphill, campaign manager for Smiley for Washington, said in a statement, woke corporations thought they would help Patty Murray by bullying Tiffany with senseless legal threats. Their efforts have both failed and backfired. This campaign will continue to hold account the failures of a three-decade incumbent and offer Washingtonians a path from crisis to hope, just as Scott did, or just as Tiffany did for Scotty with countless other veterans. The saga with the Seahawks came on the heels of Starbucks and the Seattle Times sending a similar cease and desist letter claiming unauthorized use of their logos and content in another smiley Washington campaign spot called a cup of coffee. Wow. Unbelievable. In response to the Seattle Times claim, Smiley for the Washington campaign filed a complaint with the Federal Elections Commission accusing the outlet of a prohibited corporate in-kind contribution to Patty Murray's campaign since the Times had previously allowed Murray, whom they have endorsed, to use their logo and content without a license during the 2016 re-election campaign. Imagine that. Imagine that. Let's take a look at this right here. Uh, so how do you explain from a Democratic candidate's campaign page at Tara Simmons 5 has done awesome things with her life, but so has the Smiley family. Are you a football team or a political organization? And re-elect Tara Simmons said, hanging out with the Seahawks today, got their overwhelming support for my work in advance, racial and social justice. It was the validation I needed when my opponent has turned negative into desperation and spreads fake news. Uh, let's see. Do you have Seahawks? Uh, yep, there's Seahawks uh, logo right there in plain sight. There's the Seahawks right there in blatant plain sight, making a political statement that they are just fine with as long as that political statement is not pro-Republican. Imagine that. Typically, the individual companies do not directly help or target candidates. Instead, donate to political action committees and have them do the dirty work. Yeah, we, we know it always goes through a pack. And this is, this is the current race in radically, radically left Washington state. 48% for uh, Murray's campaign, 465 for Smiley's. So this thing... Much like that Oregon governor race, this thing is a lot closer than the Democrats want it to be. By the way, as a side note, Chuck Schumer has donated to Murray's campaign. They're worried right now. They're worried, and the Seahawks are worried on their behalf. This is a disgustingly blatant and obvious political move from an NFL franchise 
that is disrespecting our military, the guys that got wounded, lost his eyesight on behalf of the country that the Seattle Seahawks get to play football in, free with nobody, in theory, (laughs) causing them harm. Although in Seattle, with that mayor and their political uh, affiliations, yeah, you're subject to, to, to have to keep your head on a swivel because of the violence up there. This is unbelievable. It's it's appalling that this is where we are as a country right now. That the look, they're fine. They actually are fine. They are on uh, pictures, taking pictures with a Democratic candidate. Seahawks logos everywhere. As long as it's for social justice and for the sake of wokeness, we are just good with that. Army veteran, go f yourself. That's what the Seahawks are saying right now. Wow. Roger Goodell, your league is tougher and tougher to watch by the second. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. I'm back. Rogance for our Black and White Network. Well, my goodness, it seems that one Donald J. Trump has had enough. Praise Jesus. He's had enough of media outlets like CNN who have slandered him, defamed him. Anybody remember the whole Charlottesville, the KKK, all that thing? And we find out that that one little clip was taken t- completely out of context. And if you watch the whole video, you realize Trump said nothing racist whatsoever. But that's just one example. That's just one example. I hope there is lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit coming involving Trump and them and all the media outlets running their mouth. But Trump is suing CNN. Oh, this is the hill. This is beautiful. And look, defamation lawsuits are very tough to win. They are. But I still think this is beautiful. I commend Trump for trying to nail these people. This would be a from the free throw line, Michael Jordan slam dunk contest. It would be a wrap for anybody else but Donald Trump. And that in itself is part of the problem. Mindless zombies for how long sat down in front of CNN. We know they're not now. We've seen the ratings. But they sat down for how long? And they just consumed, consumed all the rhetoric involving everything involving Donald Trump. They were probably eating Roman noodles because they didn't make any money because they kept voting for Democrats. Uh, But you get the point. Let's do this. Former President Trump has sued CNN in federal court in Florida for defamation. In the lawsuit filed Monday, Trump's attorneys claim CNN, quote, has sought to use his massive influence purportedly as, quote, a trusted news source to defame the plaintiff in the minds of its viewers and its readers for the purpose of defeating him politically, culminating in CNN claiming credit getting cr- for Trump getting out in the 2020 presidential election. I I mean, that's a fact. That's a fact. I mean, shit, I'm no lawyer, but my God. 
The former president is seeking $475 million. I love it. I love it. In punitive damages, according to the lawsuit, Trump announced his intent to sue the network earlier this summer, saying in a statement that he would, quote, also be commencing action against other media outlets who defamed me and defrauded the public regarding the overwhelming evidence of, I can't even say that on YouTube. Yeah. The former president's attorneys allege in the filing that CNN has, quote, undertaken a smear campaign to malign the plaintiff with a barrage of negative associations, innuendos, broadcasting commentary, that he is a cult leader, false, Russian lackey, false, a dog whistler to white supremacists, false, and a racist, false. Did we cover it all? It also cited anchors, personalities, and pundits on CNN using the term, quote, a big lie to refer to Trump's repeated claims of that thing I can't even talk about. Oh, my God. And the outlet attempting to associate him with Adolf Hitler. That is the most repulsive one right there. Again, I don't know a single Trump supporter that is pro-Nazi, for crying out loud. It's one of the biggest, dumbest things. It, It drives Trump supporters nuts. I mean... I'm not sure we could find much more repugnant than than something to do with Nazi Germany, for crying out loud. Oh, in order to prove defamation, public officials and other public figures must prove journalists acted with actual malice or reckless disregard for the truth in reporting. A high legal bar is to clear, given the First Amendment protections granted to free press under the Constitution. The New York Times, for example, has not lost a defamation case in more than 50 years. CNN is a frequent foil of Trump, his followers and allies, as well as conservatives more generally. Yep, that's right. And again, I think if it was somebody other than Trump, probably win the lawsuit. But I I, got to be real. I can't, I don't know that we're in a point now where a judge, a federal judge, will be impartial enough to rule in the correct and just manner these days. That's just my opinion. I, God, I'm pulling for him. Jesus, I hope he wins this. I do. But, I mean, it looks... to, And that's part of the problem. To everyday common sense citizens, we know this should be a slam dunk. We do. Peace. I'm out. Till next time.